This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts, a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. Welcome back to Raspberry Lemonade. Hope you're having a beautiful day so far. Today we have a very special guest, boy Irvin Mendoza. Say hi to the folks out there. What's up, everyone? Thanks, Levi, for having me. Of course, man. Pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming down. Uh, as you can tell, we got new studio space. Oh. Yeah, this just in in 2023. So I'm the first guest to be in this new studio? Yes, you are. Oh, so okay. thank you for giving us that honor, man. It's my pleasure, man. Uh, thank you for inviting me, and um, can't wait. Can't oh. wait to 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 just chop it up with you and get a uh, get into some deep stuff. There we go. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, going to shout out his podcast right right off the bat. Why won't you tell them the details? I have a podcast called uh, A Dollar in a Dream. It's a, a podcast where we share untold stories that empower and inspire us to dream. So if uh, if Levi could be if if Levi is kind enough, maybe he could plug in the 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 link in the description. Uh it's a good show. Check it out. Yeah, 100%. It's all going to be there and then we'll get to your IG handles and all that good stuff at the end. So man, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so aside from my uh podcast, which is more of a passion project/hobby, my main profession is uh I work as a court interpreter, Spanish court interpreter. English to Spanish, Spanish to English for uh, for Los Angeles. That's that's how I pay my bills. There you go, man. So right off the bat, I have a curious question. When you're doing that translation, do you ever have this moment where kind of like your brain's like, ah? Oh, yeah. It's uh, you get. OK, so there's two different types of interpre- uh, interpreting modes. One is simultaneous, where you are literally interpreting everything that is being said in real time. Like right now, I'm talking, and then I'm next to the individual, and I'm just like translating into the opposite language. And then, damn, that that sounds that sounds intense, bro. <laughs> it is intense. In the beginning, it is intense. Uh, once you learn the technique, it just becomes natural. It just becomes natural. Obviously, you still have uh, hiccups every now and then, but you just it just comes natural, yeah. I, w- I would describe it that, uh, like that. Okay, so just practice, right? Lots of practice, lots of practice. Uh, I know we'll uh, talk about this later, but in uh, in school, you you go to a trade school to learn these techniques. But in school, the beginning, it's all just like you're shadowing everything that is being said in the original language, and you just learn how to be fast and your brain just to uh, teach it, to be like like in a autopilot mode oh interesting would you be down to do something real quick just as a demonstration i'll put you on the spot i'm I down know. bro yeah okay yeah I, I was not expecting this all okay. right all right it's okay. gonna it's gonna be like the little intro bit just to, like from raspberry lemonade just okay. so you can have a, like a heads up okay, okay? here okay. we go <clears throat> three two one this is Raspberry Lemonade. This este is el show the Raspberry Arnold Palmer Lemonade. of podcast. El Arnold Palmer de podcast. Sweet and sour donde hablamos de cuentos difíciles y cuentos buenos sobre los profesionales, sobre gente profesional en su profesión. Something like that. Dang. Something like that. My Something brain's like, like ah. 
it was hard to talk too at the same time because i also know spanish yeah so it was like yeah. almost like i was listening to you at the same yeah. time that's another aspect of uh, of this uh of, of, of the skill that you're listening to yourself like myself talk and so at the same time i have to ignore what i'm hearing myself and focus on you that's awesome dude musicians do something like that too so are you a musician uh no i'm not how so well when you're playing in a band right every person has their part mm. so the drummer is playing the rhythm and beat the bassist is doing a similar rhythm thing going on uh the rhythm guitar is doing his own thing the lead is doing its own thing and then the singer is also you know like it's it's all different parts so when especially when you're starting off to play an instrument I know from experience, like it could be very easy to start listening to someone else and then you kind of lose track of what you're supposed to be doing or your timing and all that. So yeah, it's, it sounds like it's a similar thing. I never thought about that. How a drummer, uh, he's, he's, he's playing drums and then there's also a guitar right next to him. That's like super loud. So one could get distracted. You're right. That it's a, that props to those, bro. That's a big skill too. I, 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 I never, uh, saw live instrumentation, like performances like that. Yeah. So him, if you ever want to pick up an instrument, you already kind of got that skill, right? <laughs> yeah. You are, uh, you play instruments, right? Yeah, yeah. You're in a band? Yeah. Yeah, uh, off and on. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll jam here and there. I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Thank you, man. But okay. Uh, and then you said there was a second mode too? Yes. Uh, consecutive mode. So consecutive mode is when, so for example, uh, you let the speaker uh, say uh, a few sentences. For example, I went to the store to buy milk and once i got home i forgot to also buy eggs and then you stop talking and now my job is to interpret literally everything that they just said so like fui a la tienda para comprar leche eh, cuando llegué a la casa me di cuenta que se me olvidó comprar huevos mm -hmm. so that's also like a, a, a different technique it's not at the same time that the, right. that there's a speaker speaking sounds kind of like what a lot of uh, first gens you know do over here yes right? a lot of us do that for whether it be our parent or grandma or someone yes yes that's uh that's uh something that i did a lot for for my mom for my dad whenever we would go to city hall when we would have a uh like a problem with the bills or for food stamps or for talking to our manager like apartment manager mm -hmm. uh yeah I, I would be doing that and um it, it's a skill that you know uh the first, the, the older sibling carries out, and the and the younger siblings they don't really do it. So I always, <laughs> uh, it's something that to think about of um, that the older sibling they have that responsibility, and it makes them mature faster because they're uh, they are placed in adult situations at a at a young age. Yeah, no, I th I think that that I agree. I'm also the oldest sibling, so I can I can relate to that. But, um, okay, man, you started to mention, you know, that you did that for your parents growing up. Uh, what do you say we kind of take that conversation into that side of things and tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where are you from? Like, what's your background, man? Like, who are you? I grew up, I was born in Corona uh, near near Riverside. Shout like, out to Riverside. Shout out to Riverside. Uh, but I, I grew up in Anaheim, Anaheim, Orange County. I grew up in a... Mainly uh, in a, in a neighborhood called Park Lane, also La Jolla, which is like in the middle of Anaheim and Placencia. 
it's like its own world to be honest lots of hispanics uh lots of um families that let's say two to three families in one apartment because you got to rent out one of the bedrooms to a, another family to make ends meet and uh, that's where i grew up with my mom my dad and my younger brother uh my younger brother is five years younger than me and yeah my mom and dad they worked in a warehouse they never learned english they they never bothered my, well my dad my dad um he never tried to learn uh, english so i was his main uh, translator slash interpreter for for everything and um for my mom too my mom would take me to yard sales on the weekends on saturdays and she would take me not because she wanted to bond with me she didn't want she didn't want to spend time with me <laughs> she wanted to take me so i could like talk to the to the people in english like irving pregúntale cuánto cuesta eh, esta camisa so then I'd be shy. Would, I'd, would she have you like barter too? Like Yeah, she would make me barter like to super, super low prices. And that is what would make me like feel embarrassed. Uh, like, like uh, the for example, some jeans, the lady would say, oh, $10. And then I would tell my mom, oh, 10 dólares. My mom would be like, dile que le das dos dólares. I'm like, what? dollars? <laughs> I say, you tell her. Oh, no way, you can't. So then my mom uh, would be like, dile, si no te voy a... Te, te voy a pegar Something like that, you know like, Si no le dices vas a ver, eh I said, my mom says she'll give you two dollars And then I would look at her like <laughs> And then like, oh Funny enough, these people would say yes To like these low but. prices Like My mom would go to wealthy neighborhoods So maybe they oh, would Maybe see. they would feel like Like bad for us Like sorry for us Like, mm, fine, take it, it for two dollars Yeah That's interesting, dude <laughs> Okay, so hey Now I know that you have negotiation skills, right? Yeah Thanks to my mom. No, actually, I suck at negotiation oh, skills. No. I never lowball these people because I'm scared of. No, my 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 mom would be the one um, telling me what to say. My mom would be the one that would get good good cheap uh, pieces. Gotcha, man. Well, if you ever need like a talent manager, I guess your mom is a good option, huh? Yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true. My mom still goes to yard sales still to this day, and um, I don't know how she does it, but she still does not know English. And she knows how to communicate with the with with the people. So props to my mom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you really want to make something happen, that's you just gotta find a way, right? Oh yeah, my mom is a go getter. Uh, that's something that that's a trait that I picked up uh, from my mom. That even through all her limitations, she still um, she still fights for what she thinks she. Not what she deserves, but for like what she needs for herself and and from me and my younger brother. So, uh, my mom would take me to the doctors. My mom would take me to um, basically like running errands, and I would see that she wouldn't be shy to to talk to people, even if she didn't know Spanish. She wouldn't be shy. So yeah, shout out to my mom. Awesome, man. Bianca Salgado. Shout out to Bianca Salgado. There you go. Yeah, she's. I think I met her like one time, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think you did when you went to my house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To yeah. to uh, we to the people who don't know, uh, in a previous podcast venture, uh, we had Levi on the show, where he talked about his journey, uh, of what he was going through his uh, uh, like around two years ago. So yeah, yeah. We'll also have that in the description. Mm-hmm. If that's the podcast, still up somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Us against the world is still up. Yeah, some great stories there, man. Oh, some yeah. some some great stories like yours, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, we'll have that there. Um, but awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So, as far as your childhood goes, though, you said, you know, your older sibling, the struggles that come with that. Overall, though, would you say you had a good childhood, bad childhood? 
I th- I had a good childhood. My my dad provided everything that I needed in order to uh, be happy. Uh, he would well because when you're a kid, the the main thing that, that that you're focusing on is being accepted by the rest of the kids. So if you had like some lame wax shoes, you were probably <laughs> gonna get clowned on at school. So yeah. my dad, he 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 gave me the basics to to be uh, comfortable when I would go to school. You know the some nikes or some echoes shoes and then shirts he would uh he wouldn't buy me the latest brands like the coolest brands but he would buy me like the necessary things for me to be happy with and if i was happy with how i looked um i guess i would be confident because in school i was always uh kind of like the class clown like i would always make people laugh and uh the kids liked me and the teachers also like i was smart too even though I was a, a class clown, I would get good grades. There you go. Because my mom told me that if I would get bad grades, she would, you know, she would, she would, uh, she would make me pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have good grades, but also be class clown. And I think it was because my mom and dad, uh, they at home, they provided me a, a loving home, and they would make me feel comfortable in being myself. So we didn't grow up in the nicest neighborhood. I didn't have the most cool clothes. But my dad gave me the necessary uh, things to be content. And my mom gave me the love for me to feel like, okay, um, my parents love me. Yeah, That's good, man. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. But, uh, okay, we covered, you know, your upbringing and all that. Um, how would you say that affected your decisions to become an interpreter? I mean, it kind of seems like it was a very natural yeah. path to take. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is the first time that I'm ever telling this story, like in a, in a platform like this, my mom, she had a, she had a friend and her daughter, her name is Karina. She, she's the one that told me and my mom about the career about interpreting, but Karina was a medical interpreter. Uh, and so she would, she would tell me, Irvin, you could be a medical interpreter, um, which means that you could work on your own, you know, like be like a contractor if you don't want to work any day, you could just say no. And then I said, okay, you know, that sounds cool. You know, work for, work for yourself. And if one day you wake up and say, I don't want to work, you don't have to. So I started researching it. Maybe I think like in freshman year, like in high school, I had in the back of my mind, like, okay, interpreting is a is a possibility. But in, in freshman, uh, freshman year, I found out that there's two different uh, roads to become an interpreter well two different two different types of fields okay. one is a medical interpreter which is you interpret in hospitals in uh, clinics mostly hospitals uh, and then another one is a court interpreter so you interpret uh, in court like ju- judicial settings mm. and for me that's what i felt more interested in like oh i get to work in court i get to be around like some like the dark side of the world the dark <laughs> side of humanity you know and um, so that's what i started to leaning towards to like okay if i ever if i do decide to be an interpreter i would go the court the court route uh, and then so senior year i uh, i applied to Kelsey fullerton to a Kelsey fullerton as a spanish major and by then, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to be a court interpreter. But I applied to Kelsey Fullerton, and I also planned to attend to to attend, to assist the uh, an interpreting school in Santa Fe slash Norwalk. 
It's a school called Southern California School of Interpreting. And that's a, it's a trade school. Oh, okay. Nice. So you only need a high school diploma to, to be able to enroll and money. So it takes like one year to, so that's where they teach you the skills, the different modes that I showed in the beginning, the simultaneous and the consecutive. And also sight. Sight is the third one, but you don't really use it. Sight is where they give you a document, for example, in Spanish, and then now it's your job to interpret it out loud in the opposite language, into English. Gotcha. Gotcha. So either Spanish to, like, here, here's a form, take a look at it. Um, okay, now interpret that out loud. So, oh, well. so that's, that's the third mode. So this school, they teach you how to do that, um, and it takes like a year. So you went there then? I went there. Okay. I went, I graduated high school. I started Kelsey Fullerton in 2015, fall. At the same time, I also was going to the trade school in Santa Fe slash Norwalk. Oh, okay. So I was putting my eggs in different baskets, as they said, yeah. because I knew that, okay, so this is an, uh, an important detail. In order to get work, literally in order to get uh, like employed as an interpreter, you need a license. You need a certification. So you need to pass a, st a state exam in order to, acqu to acquire that license slash certification. That is the difficult part. A lot of people uh, enroll in, in that um, trade school in Santa Fe slash Norwalk. They pay a lot of money for one year, which I did too. They finish the one-year course. They get a little certificate of, hey, you finished the one-year course. Congratulations. But the hard part is passing the state exam. The hard mm -hmm. part is getting that license. And out of 10 people who enroll in that school, only one of them get that license. Wow, that's a low percentage. Yeah. Now, you might be thinking, Irvin, where'd you, where'd you pull that number from? One out of 10. <laughs> well, there, it's a 10% passing rate for the, for the state exam, people who take it. They only offer it twice a year, the state exam. And you don't get your results until three months after you finish taking the test. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it must be a lot of anxiety there just waiting for the results. It is. It, um, it, it, it could make one go crazy. Like you take the test, and then they tell you, all right, you'll wait in three months for the results. It's like, ah. Oh. And then in three months, you get a letter in the mail, and it says, sorry, you failed. We're not going to tell you how you failed, but you got below 70%. Try again in three more months. It's like, oh, my God. Man. And all your friends are all like, hey, Irvin, how'd you do? I know you passed. You're a really smart kid. What did you get? Uh, I failed. I got a 68. Uh, oh, oh, don't worry. You'll get a next one. You'll, you'll, you'll get it on the next try. Next try. Hey, Irvin, how'd it go this time? I'm sure you passed. I failed again. Oh, oh. You know, it's like oh, at that yeah. point, you just don't want to tell people you're taking this test. Right. So I have friends that um, I took it four times. I passed in the fourth try. So it, it just shows how hard it is. Yeah. And it just shows that you have to believe in yourself, maybe. What word would you describe where someone just says, just keeps trying and keeps trying even though you keep falling down. Insanity? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> As a no, um, I'd say that's that's a trait of perseverance right there. Because you know, even though you have had no track record of essentially winning, mm. you're like, no, I could, do, I could do this. I know I could do this. It doesn't matter that I lost it the last three times. This time's going to be different. And even if it even if it took you more than four times, I think you would have still kept going, right? Yeah, I would have. I asked myself why I, why I kept going. And I think I kept going because I felt like 
and this is uh, where I want to ask you if you feel the same. I felt like I owed it to my parents. I felt like they came to this country, my mom and dad, they had me, and now it's like they're counting on me to be successful, to take them to the next level in quality of life. So I felt like I was an investment to them. Like, hey, Irvin, look, they never told me this directly, but this is how I was thinking as a 17, 18-year-old. Hey, Irvin, we, we came to this country. You, we, we had you here. You have all these opportunities now. Don't screw up. Mm. You know? That's that, a lot of pressure. That's Yeah, it is. And that's how I felt. And that's what really motivated me to to take it again and again and again. Do you feel like that? Like, have you ever felt like that? Like, you are your mom and dad's investment and you feel like it's it's upon you to take the family to the next level, whatever that means? You know, that's a really good question too because at times, yes. It's kind of like half and half with me, I think, because at the end of the day, yes, like I definitely, at some point I know that my parents are going to get older and they're going to need, they're going to need things mm-hmm. and it just makes sense that I share that responsibility right it's me and my little brother but obviously i'm gonna have a part in it at the same time though um i I don't remember where i heard this but you know we as the children like we weren't really given the option to exist you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's 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 kind of like it's not really on us but i think it's a good thing you know that we both have that same mentality of like you know we want to take care of our family we want to take care of our parents because we have this opportunity to exist and to live and do things and now different opportunities in this country and and all that comes with it but yeah it's a, it's a hard balancing act i think at times it's it does feel very like a lot of pressure and other times i remember it's like no like as long as you're making progress like it's okay mm-hmm. and also i think my parents have never They've never really asked anything of me like that. So maybe that's also part of it. You know, like if I'm going to be helping them out or giving them something, it's because it really came from me and they even appreciate it more that way. But that's, that's just my, you know, my opinion or how I feel about it. Yeah. My, um, I told my mom and dad like exactly how I felt that, Oh, I feel like I owe it to you guys. I feel like, um, I'm an investment and I just need to, I need to accomplish this because you guys came here and sacrificed everything. I let them both know how I felt. And they told me, Irvin, you should not have, because from this, because of how I, I uh, felt and thought like that state of mind, I went through so much problems, bro. Mm-hmm. I went through um, lots of stress, lots of like body pain. Um, I had a car accident where I was just, distracted uh because of like what was going on in life and from that uh car accident i i had like a shoulder pain that was like chronic for almost a year that pain got me depressed even more because i was all like oh my gosh why am i in 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 so much pain and all my friends they're they're not and so one day i just told them like look at my life um it sucks and then i told them and then my dad told me urban why didn't you tell us how you felt like a long time ago? I said it wrong. Why don't you, why don't you tell us how you felt um, way before, right? Like it got to this point. 
Like we, we never felt like you owe us anything. We never felt like you had to pass that state exam. Mm-hmm. And that, and I told my dad, well, that's how I felt. And uh, so, I don't know. I guess this is part of the journey too. Like this is part of my story of um, people look at me and they tell me, oh, your parents must be proud of you. And like, yeah, they're proud of me. They are 100%, but but uh, it, it took uh, me finding my own my own demons in a mm. way. They're not even demons, though. They, it, it, it's just that thought process of, oh, I owe it for my parents. Yeah. So I guess I should have had better communication with them. And um, so I guess that's something that I now have with them. Like, if I ever feel down, I let them know. And they um, they put a battery in my back, making me feel like, hey, it's okay. We got you. That's good, man. Yeah, it's it's all a learning process, and especially now that we're adults, man. Like, uh, from babies to I don't know, eighteen or even when, whenever you know you're living in, in in their household, like it makes sense. Like, you're, you're kind of their responsibility, and whatever happens or however they make you feel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's on them. Mm. Anything after that, it's on us. Yeah. You know, we decide how we're going to react to things. We decide if like, you know, we notice something about ourselves like, well, why do I think that way? Or why do I feel this way? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? How do I fix it? How do I change it? Do I need to fix it? And these are all things that good questions to really take some time, think about it, meditate about it. And the whole point of life really, I think is just trying to improve yourself. And be the best version of yourself that you can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah. 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 What do you say we go on to the stories now, bro? All right, let's do it. We got the sweet and the sour. Let's start with the sour. What, which one or which one of your stories would you like to share with the audience that was maybe not the most pleasant experience that you've had or, you know, it's like, man, something like, man, this sucks or. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I got one. So before I got certified slash passed the state exam, I worked in uh, immigration court as an interpreter. That's how, that's how I got my foot through the door. Uh, it was the last week of trade school, of the one-year school in Santa Fe. And literally the, the last day of class, the instructor, he told everybody, hey, immigration court, this is like two, 2017, okay. uh, like Trump was in office. He said, hey, immigration court, they're desperate for interpreters. Are you guys certified? No, doesn't matter. You guys don't have any. You guys don't have experience. No, doesn't matter. Just <laughs> sign up here, and if you pass this online assessment, if you pass that, they'll give you work. Wow! And I said, sign me up. You know, like they they said they're gonna pay this this much an hour. I said, oh my god, you know, <laughs> I, I'm making ten fifty at Walmart pushing carts in the in, in the in the summer heat. I said, I gotta I gotta give this a shot. And uh, so that's how I got my foot. Um, that's how I got my foot through the door. I started uh, getting assignments there, and I was like nineteen twenty when I started there, and I was even more skinnier. I was even I looked more younger than I. Than you do now? Yeah, than I do now. And um, so judges, they would look at me. Like I would enter their courtroom, and judges would look at me and be like, you're the interpreter? Hmm, okay. Like, what uh, is this guy, 15? Yeah, I ha- yes. I always had a, 
a chip on my shoulder. Mm. I always had to prove myself. Mm. So there was one case. Um, there was a. I was doing a immigration hearing, and this guy he was telling his story of how he cannot go back to his home country. Let's say it was El Salvador. He had to prove to the judge that look, if I go back to my home country, I'm gonna get murdered. Like I'm gonna get hurt. Ooh. So he said that um, he was describing where he was living, his his home, and he 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 said that the roof, it was made out of, and this is a word in Spanish, it was made out of lamina. Okay. Like, oh, mi techo es de lamina. Es hecho de lamina. I'm all like, lamina. Like yeah, I know I'm, what that I'm is. I'm drawing a blank right now too. <laughs> but do you know what it is? Like at least like in your in head, my can you head, picture? yeah. It, yeah, it's like shiny. Right. Uh, it's like metal, you know. Uh-huh. And um, so. I said that it was, um, I looked up the word in, so you could ask the judge to look up a word in, in your dictionary, which is your phone, basically. Um, and I was trying to look for lamina, and I wasn't getting anything that, like, really popped up. Oh, no. And I'm all like, dang, I don't know what it is. So I just came up with a random word that I think fit the description. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what word I said, but the word that I was using, the attorney, because the guy had an attorney, the guy that was trying to get... Um, deported he had an attorney so when i said the word that i thought he was referring to the attorney just looked up and looked at me and then he said mm. he didn't say anything he was just like like a, hmm. like he was questioning it yeah and then the the guy continued telling his story and the judge was getting mad because his story wasn't making sense um basically the to make a long story short the word lamina i was not using the correct interpretation and the judge noticed that I was not saying the correct word. and She got mad. She said, you know what? I think we need to switch interpreters. And uh, then I said, oh, I, that, that's like the worst feeling because you're basically being told that you can't do your job. Dang. So another interpreter came in and uh, replaced me, right? I had to do like the walk of shame. I had to get up, walk, um, get my stuff, and then go outside into the hallway. And then um, there's this one of the coordinators for the interpreters, like the supervisor. Her name is Margarita. She came and she, like she she came up to me and said, "Urban, what what happened?" I just broke down crying. Uh, I like, oh my god! I said, "I didn't know what to say." She I got replaced. Uh, I feel like I feel like poop. You know, <laughs> like, like my confidence. She said, "It's okay. It's okay. What happened?" No, it's not okay. And bro, I started Damn. crying like like a baby. Maybe also, I don't know, it sounds like you had a lot to kind of behind that that moment because, you know, you had had a different job. You had to really prove yourself to even get the job in the first place. And then it was like a make it or break it moment, I, I assume it felt like. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then oh, that sucks, dude. Yeah. Lamina in English is metal sheets. There you so go. if you ever hear it, it's you'll never forget now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never forget it now. That, um, but it kind of traumatized me because that uh, that courtroom was packed with people, um, so they saw they all saw me like get replaced. Like they all saw me like, yeah, this guy's not good. Damn. So they saw me get up, get my things, and walk out the courtroom, and you know, like everybody knows about it, so they would all talk about it. But they would have my back. They would be like, "Oh, Irvin, like don't worry about it," you know, like not. I, I didn't even know what. It, what to say for Lamina if that came up. But I cried. I cried and I think it was because I, I never was 
ever put in that situation where somebody says, you know what, I don't like you, get out. Mm. And that was the first time that happened. And mm. that just, um, I, I'm thankful that it happened in, in immigration court right before I got certified because now I work for, for like the regular courts in Los Angeles, like criminal and stuff or civil. Mm. And so I'm glad it happened there while I, while I was getting experience. Kind of like getting your feet wet. Yeah, getting my feet wet. And so when it did happen again in in like LA in the regular courts, because it did happen in like a few times where um, I messed up and I'm put on the spot. This time I didn't cry. Yeah, I already cried back took then. It like a champ. I took it like a champ. Yeah. So yeah, that was a moment that was really bad, and it and it made me realize that Irvin, you don't know you don't know the whole dictionary, mm-hmm. and it took a moment for me to be like, and that's okay though. Yeah. It's okay not to know everything. Exactly. So yeah, that's something I I still I'm still fear I'm still fear um, I'm still fearful of that. Like whenever I go up to interpret, for example, for a witness, like on the stand, you you ne- you never know what these people are gonna say, man. Right. You could hear a word that you have no idea what it is, and it's up to you to like how to handle that. Like oh, your honor, me the interpreter consult with his with with with, with his colleague. Your honor, me the interpreter look up a, a word on his dictionary. Your Honor, may the interpreter inquire, Señor, ¿a qué se refiere con lámina? ¿Eso qué es? Uh-huh. Oh, pues es como metal. Yeah, you know. So yeah, then you now, could, yeah, now, now, now you know how to maneuver the situation. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. a sour. Was that a good story? That was a very good sour story, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I felt secondhand embarrassment bro yes it's yeah it's more embarrassment than um than than um that i think that's why i cried because i was so embarrassed yeah killed my self-esteem killed my confidence but hey you're still going bro so that's good that's a good sign how about we flip the coin now bro and tell us now one of the sweetest stories that you've had it could be something that you just like a very rewarding experience or you're just like i don't know ecstatic or just very happy Honestly, that it's um, it's just working every day, working with people that, cause this is this is the thing about courthouse courthouses. This is the thing about the criminal system, the the people who who go to court, who are fighting these charges, who are going through these difficulties in life. They look mostly like us. They look, they're either Hispanic or black. Of course, there's also there's Caucasians, there's Asians. But it's mostly black or and his and Hispanics, so in the beginning that would really kill my soul, bro. Like, dang, why do, why is it that the people who are mostly locked up, they look like me? Um, so I interpret, but I'm helping. I'm assist. I'm their voice. Right. Whenever, like, I'm their voice in a moment where they are going through obstacles, where they're scared, where they're like fearful. And so I, I help them out. I interpret whether it's for uh, maybe a guy is being um, accused of domestic violence and he says he didn't do it. Who knows, right? Um, or it's a family that's getting evicted or it's a, a, a woman who is trying to get a restraining order against her ex-boyfriend. I see them and I... I see them as like my people, you know, even though it's, that sounds very um, cheesy, um, but they resemble my skin color. They resemble, um, they come from the same background as me. Some of them look like my mom. Some of them, some of them look like my dad. So whenever I assist those, um, those individuals, 
and then they tell me, hey, thank you. Or like they look at me as like, thank you. Like, muchas gracias, joven. You, you look, just look around the courtroom. The judge, they're not Hispanic. The, lo- the lawyers, most of the times, they're not Hispanic. Most of the time, I'm the only one that they have a connection to, like emotionally, like as a, at a human level. Um, of course, there's sometimes like Hispanic judges, Hispanic lawyers. Yes, there is 100%. But at, at times, they, they don't look at them as like, oh, you're my friend. You know, you're Hispanic. But for me, but they look at the interpreter. They look at me as a, hey, you're my voice. You're my only friend right now for the, for the time being. And those are the moments that I feel purpose in life. I feel like when I finish assisting at the end of the work day, I could think back of I helped this family, I helped this family. Maybe it was just helping and delivering bad news, but at least that, but at least they were able to understand what was going on, and uh, that for me is like the 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 sweet the sweetness of my job, and the sweetness of my life at the end of the day because it brings me, it it, it makes me feel fulfilled. It makes me feel like I have a purpose. So yeah, man, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's that's really good, and I would I figured it would be something like that. Um, anytime people uh, have a career in like public service, I guess you could consider that a public service, yeah. right? The, that's definitely a very natural feeling, like receiving that gratitude from someone. There's no money in the world that can make you feel that way. Yeah, no, there is. And also, I I also try to imagine or picture that it's my mom who goes to court. Because my mom doesn't know English. My dad doesn't know English. So whenever I feel um, like uh, a little bit of patient, Im- impatient or I feel like I get frustrated because they don't understand the, how the procedures, I tell myself, hey, Irvin, what if this was your mom? Like, what if, what if your mom went to Fullerton Court? Because I don't work in Fullerton Court, but my mom lives near Fullerton. What if your mom went to Fullerton Court and the interpreter is being not so nice to her? How would you feel? Mm. And that just makes me, that's a reminder for me to just um, treat everyone like with respect, with kindness. Dignity? With dignity, yeah. Yeah. And it's something that maybe not a lot. I've seen some of, some some interpreters, you know, not not have that patience, not have that like, like, uh, hey, put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So that helps me out too. And yeah, that just makes me, I like to think that it makes me um, add to my arsenal of not just being a professional, but being being uh, being kind, for lack of a better word. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, man. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing both the sweet and the sour stories that you have as a court interpreter. I got one more question for you. Go for it. If you had to choose your current life soundtrack, what song would that be? It's uh, Kendrick Lamar. It's called Savior. And he talks about that song that um, the main lyric, the main hook that for me resonates a lot is, um, I chose me, I'm sorry. Like That's what Kendrick says. Like, like um, he, he dropped four... He released great albums that a lot of people uh, connected to, related to, and a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, Kendrick, you saved me, your, your music saved me. 
But Kendrick in, in his latest album In this song in particular He says that look I could be saving all of I could be saving a lot of people But What about my family What about My happiness And that's something that I've been Focusing on These uh This year Was focusing on my happiness Focusing on my family That's why the hook I chose me I'm sorry Kendrick isn't saying like Oh I'm sorry Like with his uh Tail between his legs It's more of a I understand why you may be upset I understand why you may be sad That I'm leaving So that's why That really is my favorite song My soundtrack right now To my life Um The song Savior Hopefully it's Savior man Yeah if it's not We'll put the right one <laughs> Yeah in yeah um, Because um It's These last few Months I've been focusing on my mom On her happiness On my dad On my younger brother I recently moved out From my family's home And I have my own home And then I think to myself, Irvin, how's your relationship with your younger brother? He's 20. He's in college right now. I said, Irvin, check up on him. Ask him how he's doing. Ask him how, how he's doing in school. You could have a show called A Dollar in a Dream and talk to people and inspire. Uh, not, not me, because who am I to inspire, right? But you could have guests that have stories that inspire others. And I'm like the, the, the vessel, the oh, vessel yeah. to deliver that story. But what about your brother? Like, are you inspiring your brother? Check up on him, Irvin. What about your mom? Ask how your mom is doing at work. So that's just something that that song resonated with me more, um, resonated with, with me the most, and is the soundtrack to my life because I'm focusing on my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and myself. Like, what makes me happy? Because that's something that, like, nowadays, we, we tend to put it in, in the back of our, of our, of our minds. Especially with social media and everything, we just scroll, scroll, scroll. We don't stop and think, oh, wait, what makes me happy? Am I happy? Why am I posting this? You know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the song. Right on, man. I like that. Yeah, and it's definitely, uh, it's got to be a good balance, right? Because I totally hear you. Um, it's easy, though, to kind of be on the far extreme, too, and just only think, like, well, for myself right or for even if it's just for family but like we need other human beings too mm -hmm. and i think it's good that now you're taking it sounds like for a long time you only focused helping on you know helping others or you know making others feel good it's also you also definitely have to do that for yourself so kudos to you for doing yeah. that man yeah you you just said it better than how i w w was trying to say it i focused on trying to help others or i was trying to I focused on making others happy, that I wasn't focusing on myself being happy. And the fact that I wasn't happy with myself, I was affecting my family, like my mom and my dad. Like, if, if, if I'm not happy, I would be grumpy. I would be upset. Y me desquitaba. I would let it out on my, on my mom, on my dad, and my brother. Gotcha. So it's, 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 I'm very happy or proud that I realized that. Like, hey, Irvin, why are you treating your mom like this? Hey, Irvin, why are you treating your 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 dad like this? Oh, wait, well, because you feel like poop. You feel like trash. Well, why do you feel like trash? Oh, it's it's because I'm living my life like this. Okay, let me fix this. And it's uh, and it was a, uh, it, it was a. Uh, I don't want to say journey. It was a. Uh, it was a process. Mm -hmm. It was a process. And I feel like every day, I'm still working on that process. Yeah. Got gotcha. you. One second. Thank you for sharing that part of you as well, man. 
It's been a huge pleasure having you on Raspberry Lemonade. Can you believe that's the end of the episode already? Yeah, um, I do because it was uh, it was very deep. It was very emotional. I I show, I was very vulnerable this episode, so it does feel like a long episode. Man. Oh it's, no, it's, <laughs> I don't usually do this. And now that everybody is 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 hearing this and listening to this, um, I hope um, I hope they get something out of this, man. I think so. I I I got something out of it. So thank you so much. Where can people find you online, man? Social media? Do you have a website? I don't know. I ha- uh, you can follow me on my personal Instagram, Irvin6Waves. I use the waves because waves don't die, you know, like the ocean. So, mm. uh, of course, I'm going to die one day, but I like to think that uh, these these stories, like the podcast, The Dollar and a Dream, your podcast, Raspberry Lemonade, even once we pass away, these stories will be up forever. Like even uh, your your like if you have children one day your grandkids they'll look this up and they'll see you they'll 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 hear your voice they'll see your face and it's something that not a lot of people have out there so you do and I do so we will, so we will never die exactly. our voices will never die uh, I say that in a humble way <laughs> also we, I get you bro <laughs> also the other part um, please follow my inst- my podcast page uh, for a dollar in a dream. It's uh, Still Dreaming Pod. That's the handle, Still Dreaming Pod. Uh, we're going to have Levi on there soon. Like I said, it's stories that empower and inspire us to keep following our goals. So, yeah, check it out. Awesome. We'll have all that in the description. One last time, thank you for coming on the show, man. Everyone out there, hope you have a beautiful day. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. I, I don't know what else <laughs> there is all that just thank you so much for your support thus far we'll continue to try to get you know awesome guests guests with different stories different backgrounds uh different career paths too which is something that we like to do here on, on the show so thanks again have a beautiful day can i can uh, I, I was gonna ask if i could shout out a, a, a few people no no that's lame that's tacky <laughs> shout out to my mom and dad no i'm just kidding no, cut that I out love cut you that out. <laughs> all right have a beautiful day This has been a Red Bird Studio Productions. Hope you've enjoyed the program.